or 10. And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they that of that place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What meaneth, or what what mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And when he would not be persuaded, we ceased saying, The will of the Lord be done. And after those things, or after those days, we took up our carriages and went up to Jerusalem. I want to speak for a little bit this evening. My life... For his name my life for his name before we're seated I want us to sing a song together if you will help me I just want to speak the name of Jesus would you help me tonight sing that song I love the name of Jesus anybody else love the name of Jesus oh I love the name of Jesus let's sing together I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart Over every heart and every mind Every one of us, oh God Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Oh, thank you, Lord I want to speak the name of Jesus. Oh, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring, declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus.
seated. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love your name, oh God. We love the name of Jesus. We love the name of Jesus. We love the name of Jesus. Hallelujah! We love the name of Jesus! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Every action we take, every word that we speak, everything that we do, and every place that we go, and every penny that we spend, demonstrates the things that we value. We show what we value. We declare, we speak what we value. Without a conscious thought, without an idea of what we are doing, we demonstrate the thing that we value. You cannot hide the things that you value because the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What we value is more than the amount we paid for it. For we value many things that we did not spend even one dollar for. We value family. We value health. We value salvation. And we never paid one penny for those things. But the cost of something that does not always reflect the value of it. We might value something that we receive for free. We might value a family heirloom. I value a gift value something we paid a very small price for. What is the most valuable thing that you own? Is it your tablet, your computer, your phone, your clothes, your furniture, your home, your car? All of these things can be replaced. So therefore, it cannot be the thing that you value the most. If something can be replaced, it cannot be the thing that we value. Amen. It can be replaced. We can replace clothes and money and computers. We can, anything that you could be replaced cannot be your treasure. The most valuable thing that you have and in your possession that you can only own once in your life, and that is your life. It is what is alive in you. It's the most valuable thing that you can give. You cannot replace it. You cannot redo it. It is your life. It's the most valuable thing that you can give. Once it's gone, can never be brought back. We can only have one to give because it, it, the Word of God tells us, and even great People in the history told us in one declaration on September 22 of 1776, a man by the name of Nathan Hale, born in Coventry, Connecticut, said, I only regret that I only have one life to give for my country. The ultimate price that anyone can pay is their life. The ultimate price, no price higher, no commitment greater, no value higher in our lives. There are some things that I'm not willing to die for. I'm not willing to die for my car. If you want it, you can have it. Especially if you got a gun to my head. You can have it. Amen? 
I'm not going to exchange a car for my, for my life. It's the most valuable thing I have. Don't give your life for your phone. Don't give your life for your dog. Oh, don't shake your head at me. I'm not going to look at you. It's not the most valuable thing you have. A man from Detroit in 2020, February, was fishing on the ice, through the ice on the lake. He dropped his phone in the water and jumped in to get it and could not find the hole to get out. He lost his life for a phone. Oh, church, we love phones. It's, they're important to us, but they don't never, it never gets to the level of our life. Our life is always the most important. It's more important than a car. How much is your life worth? $100, $500, $1,000, What is the value of the chemicals in your body? 18% carbon, 65% oxygen, 9.5% hydrogen, and other chemicals. Some people put a, a value on that. Your body chemically is worth about $23.89. But we're not giving our body chemicals to God. We're, we're giving the only thing that makes us different than an animal or a plant. It's our lives, our consciousness, our beating heart. For the kingdom of God, the most valuable treasure that we can have is life, our life. The Bible speaks about a man in the Old Testament. His name was Jonah, a prophet of God. God told him to go and cry against the city of Nineveh. And Jonah did not do that, but rather went down to Joppa and bought a ticket to the, the port city called Tarshish. And on that trip, God sent a great wind. Let me tell you, God was working a lot in Jonah's life, doing a lot of things. Amen. God sent a wind and began to beat against the ship up that he was traveling in. And, and everybody began to be afraid. And, and let me tell you, I believe that also God orchestrated the revealing of who was the guilty one. Because through the divine revelation, God exposed Jonah that he was the reason for the storm. Jonah was thrown into the sea, a, a great fish prepared by God. Swallowed Jonah up three nights, three days in the belly of the great fish. He finally made it to Nineveh and preached. And the greatest revival happened. Let me tell you, thank the Lord for the variety of messages. Amen. From a variety of voices in this church. But consider one message that preached was preached in the city of Nineveh. It was not an encouraging. It was not a, a bless your heart message. It was if you don't repent, you're going to die. And that message was repeated day and night and day and night for 40 days. The fourth chapter of Jonah begins here in verse number 2. And he said, Jonah, again, praying unto the Lord, and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, a merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
Jonah's prayer was, God, if you're going to save me, take my life. This was a prophet of God. This was, if you're going to forgive these people, just kill me. Verse number four, then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? Oh, I love how the Lord speaks in old English. Doest thou well? <laughs> Doest thou well to be angry? Why are you so angry, Jonah? Jonah was mad because God forgave. Oh, brothers and sisters, don't be a 21st century Jonah. By demanding God to judge someone that you don't think deserves God's forgiveness. Don't be a 21st century Jonah. That you say, punish them. They deserve it. Oh, brothers and sisters, we love people. And if all the world comes unto the Lord, that's good enough for me. If all the world repents, that's good enough for me. If Jesus lets everybody into heaven, that's good enough for me. I don't want to be a 21st century Jonah by demanding God to judge someone I don't think deserves mercy. The Bible says in verse 5 of that fourth chapter, So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth. He made a a shelter, a brush arbor, if you will. And set her under its shadow till he might see what would come of the city. He was waiting for the fireworks to start. Anybody get the picture? Jonah is on the side of the hillside. He's looking over the city of Nineveh. And he was waiting for the, for the judgment of God to come upon Nineveh. And the Lord prepared. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. God not only prepared the great storm, God not only prepared the great fish, God not only prepared a great repentance, and God he prepared a, a, a gourd, the Bible says, and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. You got the picture? Jonah was happy for the gourd. Oh, God, don't let us be happy for gourds and sad for God's mercy. God made a gourd to come up, and Jonah was living the life in the shade, waiting for God to, pr to pronounce judgment on them. But the Bible says in verse number 7, God prepared a storm, God prepared a fish, God prepared a gourd, and then God made, he killed the gourd. He prepared a worm when the morning rose up the next day and smote the gourd when it, that it withered. In verse number 8, and it came to pass when the sun did arise and that God prepared a vehement east wind. God was doing a lot of things. Is God working around you? Oh, God, work on me. Help me, God. He prepared a vehement east wind. And the sun beat up ahead of Jonah that he fainted and he wished himself 
to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. The same God that caused the gourd to grow caused the gourd to die. And Jonah faded, fainted, and wanted to die. It was better for me to die, he said, than to live. Verse number 9, and God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Jonah was willing to die for a gourd. Jonah said, my life for a gourd. That's the price that many people are paying. My life. For my feelings. My life for my opinions. Come on, church. I need somebody to help me. My life for my opinions. My life for my pride. They live their lives for the gourd. Verse number 10, then said the Lord, hast thou had pity on the, on the gourd for which thou did not labor, neither madest it to grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night? And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? God said, I saved 600,000 people. I am a gracious God. I am a merciful God. But I, I want to con contradict Jonah. I will not give my life for a gourd. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to give my life for the petty things of life. I'm not going to give my life for plants. I'm not going to give my life for my feelings. I'm not going to give my life for, for things that passes away. I'm not going to do it. There's something far more valuable to give our life for. There's something far more valuable to, to contribute your, your energies, your mind, your heart, than just gourds. Esther is queen. Her people were being threatened. What was she going to do? Save herself? Close the door? Close the window? Be selfish? But Mordecai, Mordecai said to her in verse 13 of Esther 4, he commanded to answer Esther, think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews that from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast for me. And neither eat, need, eat nor drink three days, night or day. And I and my maids will fast likewise and I will go into the king which is not according to the law and if I perish I perish Amen. so Esther said my life for my people Amen. Jonah said my life for a gourd and Esther said my life for a people because there's a few verses before that in verse 11 the Bible talks about the, the punishment if someone would come before the king unannounced and uninvited. 
they put their life on the line. An unannounced, uninvited visitor into the king's courts. Put your life on the line because the king had life and death in his scepter. But Esther said, my life for my people, I want to live for something. The most valuable thing I can give is my life for my people. And this is a noble thing, brothers and sisters. Thousands have died in wars and conflicts for a noble cause, for their countries and for their way of life. The Bible speaks about in Daniel chapter 3, three Hebrew boys if God saves us or does not save us, we will, we will not worship this golden image. So not a life for a gourd and not merely a life, my life for somebody else. But Paul here said in Acts chapter 21, Paul ready to go to Rome and die for the name of Jesus. He had just finished his third missionary trip, ready to go back to Jerusalem to meet the brothers and sisters that were there. Before he left to go, he met with some disciples. And they said, the Holy Ghost said unto you, do not go to Jerusalem, Acts 21, or 21 verse 4. But Paul left him and went to the house of Philip and stayed there many days. A prophet named Agabus came and took a part of Paul's clothes and said, the Holy Ghost said that the man who these clothes belong to will be put in prison. Everyone around Paul said, please don't go. Stay here. They wept and they begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But in, in Acts 21, 13, Paul said, what mean you to weep and to break mine heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of of the Lord Jesus. I'm ready to be bound. I'm ready to be put in prison. Paul said, I'm ready to die for the name of Jesus. That meant on the scale of importance to Paul's life, he was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice for the name of Jesus. Amen. Don't live your life for the petty things, the daily stuff. The beef of the day, the temporal things. Don't die for a gourd. Don't die over your gourds. If something can grow in a day and die the next day, don't die for it. But Paul valued the name of Jesus. To him, it was important. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. How many of you love the name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. How many of you love the name of Jesus? I said, I love the name of Jesus. I love the name of Jesus. I love Jesus of that name. Hallelujah. Some view the name of Jesus as optional. There are religious groups that believe Jesus is only but one of three. A junior God, if you will. But there is no options. There's no other way. Jesus is the only way. I preached the name of Jesus all over Eastern Europe. I preached my sister Jill, my wife, whoever she is. Uh, she made a, a, a plan the other day, a, a, a map of Romania. We preached in over 100 churches in the country of Romania. Denominal churches, churches that do not believe 
in, the, in, in taking the name of Jesus in baptism. And there's every time almost always an offer, brothers and sisters. We'll agree to your baptism, but you must agree to ours. Let me tell you, that's not, a, that's not even an option to me. Because I love the name of Jesus. I said, I love the name of Jesus. Amen. I love the name of Jesus. And I'm talking about attractive options, brothers and sisters. Organizations of over 80 churches offering to join with the United Pentecostal Church if we would just compromise a little bit. Brothers and sisters, this is something to die for. Paul said, I'm willing to go to Jerusalem, and I'm willing to give my life for the name of Jesus. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I have preached in conferences and organizations there in Romania. They've offered to join us, but there is no compromise. Some believe that Jesus was just a good man, but not God. Some believe the name of Jesus, but not willing to die for it. But there's something about the name of Jesus. There was something in the mind of Paul. He said, I'm willing to go to Jerusalem. It's that important to me. To the New Testament Christians, the name of Jesus had top priority. All the Bible, the Acts of the Apostles was not too old. When they arrested Paul or Peter and John and they put him in prison and they told them, you can do whatever you want to do. You can preach self-help. You can preach your theology, theology, but there's one thing we don't want you to do. Don't preach in the name of Jesus. They thought it was important too. Come on, we should at least, at least match their feelings as well. Amen. Philippians chapter 2 verse 9, wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name. Oh, I love the name of Jesus. That name is above every name. I said that name is above every name. There is no name higher. There's no name greater. There's no name more beautiful. There's no name more wonderful than the name of Jesus. Oh, I love the name of Jesus. Does anybody else love the name of Jesus? I love the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow. Of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let me tell you, the name of Jesus has power. And we honor the name of Jesus. Paul wrote these words, every knee will bow. From things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth. Every tongue will confess, Jesus is Lord. Ask anything in that name. You won't be saved without the name. We do all in word or deed in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is just not another name. Like Sam and Bob and Tom. 
It's just not another name. It's a special name. The, ver the vocal pronouncing and announcing of the name is power. There's power in the name. There's something unique about that name. It's not a normal name. And we need the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. It's a holy name. The name that we respect. It's a more excellent name, Hebrews 1 and 4. Obtained a more excellent name than they. God's people are called after the name. That the residue of men, Acts 15, 17, might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, who doeth all these things. I want to be called by the name of Jesus. I want the name of Jesus called upon me, and I want to be called the name of Jesus. I want people to say, that man is a follower of Jesus. I want to put his name on me in baptism, in prayer. I want his name to be on me daily. Because I love the name of Jesus. Paul said, I'm willing to go to Jerusalem. And to die for the name of Jesus. I don't want no other name called over me. Revelations 2.13. Thou holdest fast my name. Hold on to the name of Jesus. Keep it. Don't lose that name. Put it in a safe place. The name of Jesus. There's healing in the name. Salvation in the name. Freedom in the name. Power in the name. Power over the enemy in the name. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. I said, even the enemy is subject to you through the name of Jesus. Amen. We were recently in Joplin, Missouri. Sunday morning service, had a great service that morning. Three people received the Holy Ghost. A lady came up there at the end, and she was obviously possessed of something. And we would begin to pray, me and the pastor and various saints begin to pray. And, oh, we begin to say, say Jesus. Say Jesus. And the lady began to say Jesus. Let me tell you, the, the enemy's got to go. When you say the name of Jesus, it can't stay. The name of the, of the Lord has power. Jesus has power. The vocal utterance of the name of Jesus. Amen. Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. You can use my name and you better run. If you want to cast out devils, that's fine in my name. But you better, you better be Hussein Bolt or whatever. You better be able to run fast. Get on your motorcycle or whatever you got to do. But let me tell you, you can stand up to the strongest enemy. Stand in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. Neither is salvation in any other, for there is none of the name. Under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You can use our names. It won't save you. 
But when you use the name of Jesus, there is salvation in that name. John 20, 31, the Bible says, but these are written that you might believe that Jesus is Christ, is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Amen. I have life through the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 and 9 again, I repeat, therefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Amen. You can look all over the world and you'll never find a name higher than the name of Jesus. You'll never find a name that is greater, higher, or more worthy to be praised than the name of Jesus. One chapter before Acts 21, we find Paul here again in Acts 20, verse 22 to 24. And he said, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witness, witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, I do not count my life dear to myself. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. There must be a willingness to give all for the name of Jesus. And Paul spoke about that willingness. But God is not interested in my death. He wants me to live. Not live for anything else, but live for name. Live for the gospel. We must live for something important, eternal. Not something temporary that grows in one morning and dies in the night. Not merely something that is superficial. Something that comes and goes. Paul said, my life is his life. I want to finish my life with joy. Let's stand together. A man by the name of Trumbull wrote these words. He who is willing or excuse me, he who is unready to lay down his life for the call of duty will not lose his life to advantage while, he, while it is spared to him. It is a great mistake to suppose that it is man's first duty to take care of his life or to preserve his health or to look after his own interest. Living is a good business for a man only when a, is a good business for a man only when the man is ready to die as to live. But it was for the name of Jesus that Paul said, I am willing to go to Jerusalem to be bound or even to die. There is no true disciple of Jesus which does not feel, does not reach this far. He who would not die for his Savior does not live for his Savior. Unless the disciple gives his Savior the first place in all of his affections, his discipleship, is only an empty life. Oh God, my life for the name of Jesus. There is no compromise, dear brothers and sisters. There's not even an option. Amen. I've settled that long time ago. That name is present right here. This, 
this evening to meet a need in your life. If you have a need, speak the name of Jesus. Call upon the name of Jesus. It's not a a science equation. It's not something that you've got to, to figure things out and analyze. Just speak the name of Jesus. The enemy will have to respond to that. He'll have to flee. Amen. He cannot stay. Sicknesses cannot stay. It must go in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Need somebody to help me right now. Anybody want to speak the name of Jesus? Anybody want to pray in the name of Jesus right now? Anybody has a need in your life right now that you want Jesus to help you? Jesus. Anybody want to declare the name of Jesus? Anybody want to believe the name of Jesus? Come on, church. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak it. Just say it. Jesus. Jesus. There is power. There is healing. Your name is life. Come on, church. Anybody, somebody help me. My life or the name. God has exalted.